the bang. It's the State of Combat podcast on CBS Sports with your boy, the Brian Campbell, all boxing, all the damn time. So get fired up for another loaded edition. Is Mikey Garcia a real welterweight? We're going to break that down this week. We've also got a chat with Saturday's Fox headliner, Adam Kovnatsky, the unbeaten Polish heavyweight. Why is he not fighting someone with a pulse this weekend? We're going to break that down, get into that. Also talk about the fine art of ponchkis. Yes, yes, those big, fat Polish donuts, a lot of jelly in that. I can get down with that jam. Indeed. Also find out if Rafe Bugs cares. Wilder Fury 3, lots to get into this week. Thank you. Uh, hopefully you like this show. Hopefully you keep coming back. Hopefully it's not just like seven really passionate listeners who keep filling my DMs and tweets with with uh, with thank yous about this show. So you know at least somebody's listening to it, right? Thank you, man. At least some people got the score right. Thank you. If you if you do enjoy this crusade, then please five star review season is back upon us. Apple Podcasts, wherever you consume fine audio, please spread that thing forward. Shout out to our many legions of people. Shout out to the uh, 50, uh, 80K crew. Shout out to 50 Cent, Alex Godinez, the Irish crew, uh, the Ulrich Anderson crew, uh, the Detroit crew, which is a new growing population in this house. Uh, yeah, we got anybody else to shout out here before I bring in my co-host? Uh, yeah. Shout out to Omaha, Nebraska. Yes, yes. Shout out to that indeed. Hey, I got a co-host and his he's probably, no, he is. I said it this week on Showtime's Morning Combat. The best boxing writer in the world today. Yes, he's a New York Times best-selling author. He is a Filipino television icon. His name is Rafe Bartholomew. Let me lick you up. Let me lick you down. Rafe Bugs. Back, Detroit. How is it, bro? We live in Brian. We are living. We are, uh, you know, I'm wearing my N95 surgical mask. Nothing getting in or out right now. I am uh, hermetically sealed inside of a, a tube, and I ain't getting sick, man. I ain't getting sick. I ain't got that corona ish. I, I ain't got that disown virus. Uh, well, big week for the zone. Speaking of that, Ray, huge but, uh, week. Wow, huge week for all the the zone fans in Indonesia. I yeah, gotta say, wow, how dare you? How friggin' dare you? The zone and Eddie Hearn and these guys have a plan to build a platform. They're luring people like Canelo to the platform and stuff like that. They're luring you a know, lot of people. never again are they going to have to miss a Daud Jordan fight. Never again. How dare you fresh off such a, by the way, such an, an insanely entertaining zone card this weekend from Frisco, Texas. They hit us right in the field hole, Rafe. That was, look, I, I like the cards that zone has been putting together this year. I don't know if I believe Eddie Hearn, the great Eddie Hearns, when he has explained this strategy. He's saying, you know what? We're not going to go for just the big names and put them in showcases. We're going to try and make good fights and stack the cards and Look, I think if they get certain names, they'll let them fight whoever the hell they want, and we'll have bad cards again. But I appreciate the cards we have had. I loved that uh, Danny Roman and uh, 
and MJ Akhmadaliev card that that even even with the YouTubers, even with the they're YouTubers. I don't know who the hell they are, but even with that, even with Boo Boo on top, it had two fun two fun fights at the bottom. I like this. That was a fantastic. Stacked top to bottom card. Hey, Demetrius, we good friends? I love your data. Thank the great Eddie Hearns. Thank you, Paul Andre, for that uh, one. No, do you believe it? Do you believe when do, do, well? One, do you believe in flying kangaroos, Brian? But do you believe the great Eddie Hearns when he says that uh, this is a strategy that DeZone is going to keep doing this, or is this just sort of you know we're making we're this is a slow period in boxing and we're feasting off of. Not a lot of not a lot of pizzazz, not a lot of big names. We're and using that opportunity to give the hardcores throw them a bone for once, and I'm well, I'm good with that. You know, I'll take that bone. But yeah, you're not regular bones. Yeah, no, I will get into it. We're gonna get into it. We did have Eddie Hearn on Eddie Hearn on last week. He was fantastic. I ain't listen um, to that DAZN yeah. stuff. <laughs> As the kids would say, the value on DAZN is thick. In fact, it's lit. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you, Edward. Thank you. All right. Hey, we got a loaded show, but we always apparently start the show talking basketball, talking our wash basketball dreams. Rafe, did you tell me offline that you're now a a member of a Filipino basketball league? Brian, I told you offline so our listeners would not have to listen to this. But yeah, since you ask, uh, last weekend, Fast D the I don't know. I mean, look, that's a reference to the the bus system here in the Detroit area, so it's not just a a bad innuendo. Um, but Fast D, the uh, Filipino American Sports Association here in Metro Detroit, and we got we got guy players, kids coming up from Toledo, Ohio. We got people driving down from Grand Rapids. I mean, this is a real regional movement. I got to tell you. And I'm playing, unfortunately, in the seniors division. Wait, uh, but- Rafe, no disrespect to you, to Pacific Rims, to that great Filipino soap opera, Bakakong, that you once... Uh, Bakekong, Bake- excuse me. Ba- Bak- for, to that great Filipino soap opera, Bakekong, that you once were part of. If he was a girl, you would say he has a badonkadong. Close enough. Uh, but you ain't Filipino, brother. You're like... I don't know, English or something? White? You're something, Rafe. I am uh, one quarter uh, Slovakian guy, one quarter uh, Irish guy, one, and then the other half I don't even know. Um, I am white guy. Yeah, I am not Filipino. But the league was generous enough to grant me a exception uh, because of, you know, the my connection to the community and to the country and – uh, shoot, I ain't good enough to really cause anybody much headaches at this point in time. Are you Sean Bradley in comparison to them? No, these are there. There, look, there are enough tall guys out there to fill a team in these leagues. Look, I was playing, I was one, matched against. One, guys. <laughs> yeah, beautiful guys. Uh, <laughs> I was matched against Rudy H. Bomb Hatfield, a former two time. MVP of the PBA finals made many mythical teams. That's the version of the uh, all that's like their version of first team uh, all PBA out there. I mean, this was this was legit. And Rudy is a little older than me, but he's still a lot better than me. All right. All right, Rafe. Good luck to you out there. I'm excited for you connecting with your favorite subculture. 
Right? Not a subculture. It's a culture. What is wrong with you? I don't. Was that insulting to say it's a subculture? You're, yes, it is insulting. <laughs> it is. A, it, it is. A, it is a heritage. It's a country. Rafe, I ain't it woke. Is, all right. You're I, Lithuanian, I, right? Yes, I am. Yes. Is Lithuania a subculture? I don't know. I'm really not that in touch with my ancestors. All right, Rafe. Okay. All right. I'm Connecticutian. You, you need to is. get in touch with the inner Sabonis there. Yes, I do. Yes, yes. I'm sure he has a stick. Indeed. Danny has a stick. Yes. No. 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 This is Danny's night. Thank you very much this is all about Danny he's had a big busy year he wants to go out on a bang literally on a bang and do the business Danny's always banging that's apparently the, the theme you can pick up from this show Rafe uh all right hey it's uh skinhead white guy week Rafe you fired up at all for UFC 248 or it's not moving you in Vegas I'll be on an airplane tomorrow Good luck. I hope you have a mask. Um, is uh, that, that Adesanya is fighting, right? Yes. He's exciting. I like He's that. He's the next big thing. He's kind of like a mix, if you're not woke to this, between John Jones and Anderson Silva. Kind of, that right? That sounds pretty damn good. Yeah. That's like calling some – that's like – it's like Dwyer calling Kubrat Pulev a mix of Muhammad Ali and George Foreman. Jacobs is a puncher, right? Boxer, puncher. Think Sugar Ray robinson oh right right yeah it's Dan- oh that's danny right yeah okay we got that we got that um yeah uh, he's going in there against that cuban rocket ship called yoel romero the 42 year old who's who's cut from granite you know that fella he's an explosive he- <laughs> knockout machine um i know another cuban 82 year old named uh guillermo rigandio true true do you know uh yoel romero's brother he you love cruiserweights right Yes. You remember that bloke who once wore a belt named Yoan Pablo... Uh, Guzman? No. Yoan... Uh, Hernandez. Yoan Herna- Pablo yes, Hernandez? exactly. That's his brother. All right? Oh, that's that, his... why Why the different names? Also, I felt I bad because Steve daddy. Cunningham could just not get over the hump against Yoan Pablo Hernandez. Yes, yes. yes. Steve Cunningham, yes, yes. Um, so, shout out to UFC. Look, if you care about that ish, and I know some of you do. We got you covered this week on the State of Combat Podcast MMA preview, in-depth interview with former women's strawweight champion Yuan Young Jacek, who is coming back to try to reclaim her title. Uh, media day this week, instant analysis, all that jam. Check in on that if you get down like that. I know you know what I'm talking about. UFC are a bunch of skinhead white guys watching people in the ring who are also look like skinhead white guy it's called a cage bob okay it's called a damn octagon thank you all right hey we're gonna start this show very shortly how about we pause real quick a word right from our friends and sponsors <laughs> Damn. yeah we're back bc rafe bugs adam kovnachki to come to hear his thoughts, by the way, on, on whether Deontay Wilder acted like a real man in defeat. We got a lot more on that subject indeed. Oh, Rafe, it's not just a big time. What a, by the way, what a year. This year, 2020, is shaping up to be a giant one, Rafe. I'm not, I'm not trying to read an ad. I'm telling you. Like, in the combination, at the intersection of MMA and boxing, I don't know if you ever hung out at that street corner, uh, it's going to be a great one, Rafe. Um, we got... What? We got what? Why, Brian? It's it's off to a pretty slow start. I mean, convince me. I am For a box, skeptic. Yes. Consider me a skeptic. 
All right, UFC uh, ought to have off to a great start. That ain't going to convince me of nothing. All right, this, this is the wrong conversation at the wrong time. You, you're at the wrong part of the ring, Holmes, right? Yeah. I, I suppose so. I'm in the boxing part of the ring. I'm not in the cage part of the cage. Yeah, right. All right, Deontay. Thank you. Uh, okay. You have Deontay Wilder. Uh, more on him to come. But uh, it is a great time to be a fight fan, Rafe. It's also a great time. To be a baseball fan. Did you know that fantasy baseball draft season is upon us, Rafe? I I love me some fantasy baseball. No, you don't. I sure do. I I play it every year. Well, look, here's the deal, folks. All right. If you want fantasy baseball advice and you're getting ready for your season, you got to check out the number one fantasy baseball podcast out there. Yes, it's on CBS Sports. It's called Fantasy Baseball Today. This podcast has been helping listeners with their leagues. For how long, Rafe, you want to guess? Ten minutes? No. Ten years. How about that? How about a full Damn. decade, Rafe? The position previews are all published. We got sleepers, breakouts. We got busts. That's quite an impressive bus. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yes, now, you're, now you're talking right. my language. Yeah. Wow. Uh, we've got mock draft, live mock drafts and listener emails all this week. Plus, Rafe, you'll get a new episode every single morning. Five days a week until the season ends. Rafe, do you know how hard you have to hit a guy in the eye to get through an entire 162-game baseball season? Yes, Rafe. That's fantasy baseball today, anywhere where you listen to podcasts. And please tell them BC sent you. Hey, Rafe, did you check out our Roy Jones interview last week? Great, great stuff, bro. Yeah, I don't know about I didn't really check that one out. You man. almost um, forgot about it. All right, he yeah, was great. I did. I did. I know we had a competing entity going on since apparently our brethren at the Showtime Boxing Podcast had the same guests during the same week, Rafe. Uh, look, just look, let me let me put it like this to Mr. Maccabee Games, Eric Raskin. You ain't no Ilunga Makabu. And Kiernan Mulvaney, you know, you hate us because you ain't us. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think about that? All right. What do you think about that, Eric Raskin? Yes. Yes. The guy's got older balls than we do, Rafe. Okay? I'm look, that I'm I'm gonna hold on to that for the rest of my days. <laughs> Mr. Nuts? <laughs> yes, indeed. Hey Rafe, let's get into it, all right? I wanna start right here though. Okay? I wanna start right here. Biggest story of the week, Deontay Wilder. Yes, it's real, it happened. We're gonna have a third fight. He officially sent in the paperwork, fresh off the knockout loss to Tyson Fury. Uh Bob Arum of top rank co promoter of Fury has chimed in and said, Look, July eighteenth is our targeted date. It's what the networks want, it's what Vegas wants. MGM Grand Arena. Wow, lot to break down here. So in the aftermath of when we last spoke, when Wilder took that L, probably about as worst rafe as you possibly could, blaming it on the forty five pound costume he wore on the way to the ring. Then you see the Videos floating around from his Joe Rogan experience appearance two years ago where he basically said, every day I wear a 40-pound vest to train. Uh, I he's not every day. I, I, <laughs> I'm a small man. Uh, basically, he's like, I'm not going to fire Mark Breland for throwing in the towel, but I will take this fight. Uh, he also put out a weird video, Rafe. I should have grabbed the sound. Did you hear this weird video that he put out? I don't know in the end what he said, but it was weird. Well, he just said the same kind of weird boilerplate things over and over again. Like, uh, you know, I am undefeated or, you know, I I am not done. 
I the am king will king. be back. It was like a fun movie. We will rise again, yeah. like a phoenix from the ashes. I think that came twice in the video. Uh, I, someone, I, I came twice during the video too. I gotta say, oh, um, oh, Brian. Oh, oh yeah, I'm sorry. I, I don't care. Who cares? Like I'm not here to psychoanalyze. No, that's Deontay our job. Wilder. That's our job, Rafe, to psychoanalyze. Okay. No, I am not a licensed <laughs> physician. <sighs> um. So he's gonna take the third fight, Rafe. Uh. You could say like AJ last year after losing to uh, the fat fella that, you know, if you don't take the fight, then you're making a large statement. You're saying I'm I, you're saying I'm broken. You're saying, uh, you know, so, yeah, financially, business wise, you got it. When you have that in to gain that control to get the belts back, you take it. Uh, is this the right move to do it so quick, potentially in July based on Rafe? The one-sided nature of the loss, and we got to give him an L for how he dealt with taking an L. Is it the right look? Is it the right way to do things? If I for for me believing in his chances of winning, giving him the best chance to win a third fight with Tyson Fury, no. But I don't know if there is any other realistic path to a third fight. If he didn't take the fight, if he didn't force a rematch, not only is he walking away from a large sum of money, which I don't know, probably no one would advise him to walk away from. He probably doesn't want to walk away from either. But he also may not get that chance back because Fury may not be around. He says, look, Tyson Fury says a lot of things. You don't always know what to believe. Um, But he says he's only around for a couple more fights. And if Wilder passed on this fight, then Fury went straight into an AJ fight and they they and they had a, a series one or two fights maybe three if it, if it was a great trilogy after that if, if fury felt that he'd done all he need he could just walk away from the sport right he's talking about it already that doesn't mean he's going to do it but just there's so many reasons why this makes sense business-wise for deontay wilder the, the unfortunately the thing that does not make sense is this timing leading to Deontay Wilder having his best chance to win a third fight. I hear you. And, you know, I'm always going to lean back on, well, look, dude, that guy's got so much power that it, that may never matter. Obviously he's going to need more than just that power against a fury that is this wired in a guy who can prove now that he can walk down. The bully has proved a lot, has exposed a lot within Wilder, not just that Wilder is a one trick pony with the right hand, which we knew, but you know, from a technical angle, I mean, everything, he just blew the the territory up going in there against Wilder. I want to read you a bunch of recent reactions to this news. And you tell me if there's any anything there. Because, look, anytime something happens, people have wild, wild reactions. All right. Reaction number one on Twitter that you see a lot. Well, I guess this is Shelly Finkel and Al Heyman cashing him out, knowing he can't beat Fury the third time, knowing that he's 30, going to be 35 soon. This is them just pushing him back into the third one to get all their money back. Your reaction. Well, Brian, we talked about this on the night of the fight. I, I, I called it a cash out if they do it, but it's, I don't think this is Deon. I don't think we should rob Deontay Wilder of his agency in this, in this decision and in this situation. He may be also, not only do I believe that even if he's lying to himself, he, as long as he believes the lie, he can give himself a chance to win a third fight. He's always going to have enough power to knock anyone out. And, he 
he's I think that he is also as the most important part of this decision. If he were not up for it, then he's going to say no or and 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 he and he can and if he happens look, if he it would be a disaster, but if he changes his mind somewhere between now and uh July 18th or whenever the fight actually takes place, that's also in his power and look it would have to be something pretty serious and I would have probably, I would sympathize with and support that decision because it would mean he ain't ready. Um, right. in any case, he's part of this decision. He, he, he ain't being used. He may be cashing out, but he's, he's, it's, it's also, he's making the best move for his career right now. Cause one, he has a chance to win it back. And if he loses again, fine, he can choose to rebuild or walk away. But, why not get that money and then make that decision well, instead of rebuilding right now? Even on the idea of if it is partially a cash out, he's not dead. He lost one fight. You know what I mean? Like, even if Fury is just always going to be that guy he can't beat because Fury is either Greg Maddox or the best heavyweight of this era or just a really bad style matchup for him, you can still rebuild him. He could still knock out probably almost any other heavyweight. You can still eventually make a Joshua fight if he doesn't end up losing to Fury. You can still do things, all right? So maybe the cash out would be for this rivalry. Just get it done with now. Bank the money. But I don't, I mean, I just have problems believing that he's going to be so emotionally broken, like like a Ronda Rousey level from one loss that we'd never see him again. All right, overreaction number two, Rafe, I want your thoughts on. Some people going, hey, this is an even better business decision than you realize because the truth is probably that Wilder needs more time to get over the loss, recover from the beating, figure out strategically how to try to win the third one. So maybe he's doing this right now to prepare for the money he could get in a step-aside offer. There are people who believe, Rafe, he is only activating this third fight knowing that they will come to him between now and the fight and go, hey, any chance you want to pocket like, you know, 10 million so that we can do AJ Fury right now and then you can just rebuild yourself, take an interim fight and then fight the winner later this year or early next year? Your reaction to that, Rafe? Um, I had heard the I the the before the fight, I had heard the possibility that the loser, whoever it ended up being, might try to leverage that rematch clause as a way to, yeah, basically take step aside money and have a chance at the winner of Joshua versus, you know, the winner of the fight down the Make line. That money player. That's good money. If look, if I don't know if it will play out that way. And it's I think it is perhaps a mistake to assume that it will play out that way. Like you don't exercise that rematch clause if you are not intending on fighting the person you just committed to fighting because then you're kind of up that creek without a paddle right yeah plus Rafe AJ has mandatories up the kazoo after he heard Wilder's officially doing this he goes forward and signs on the dotted line to fight his mandatory against Pulev in June in London at the Tottenham Hotspurs uh, soccer stadium then you'd have to bank on AJ winning against Pulev and then being able to turn around fairly quick and have the time to hype up this really large AJ Fury fight. I don't know. I don't I don't know about that now. Nah. Look, I don't believe that second 
conspiracy reaction, or not conspiracy, but knee-jerk reaction, mostly because I believe the fighter, the warrior inside Wilder, is legitimately like, holy crap, I got to get back there and take and, and erase that L and knock this guy out. Like, I believe he's legitimately waking up going, okay, I'm going to win this fight. I got to figure it out, but I'm going to win this fight, right? He's not, like, yeah, again, the loss didn't kill him. The overreaction to that, Rafe, I understand the overreaction to, hey, Wilder was never really that good, and let's rewrite the first fight and say Fury dominated him, which uh, that's what I believed when I watched the first fight. Right. But this overreaction of, like, man, this, you know, he'll never be the same again. I don't really, I, I don't believe that. You never know how fighters react to losses. I mean, some, yes, we there are, you can point to many instances of <clears throat> especially knockout punchers being humbled and then never quite getting back the same juice or energy or whatever. But then there are guys who, I mean, you have, look, he's still fighting now at 40, 41 years old, right? The great Senador Manny Pacquiao uh, knocked out cold in 2012. People thought, oh, it's over, forget it. No, I mean, look, he was, was he a little gun shy for a couple of years after that? Perhaps. But he, he, you know, he was still a world class fighter. And now, years later, he's kind of back to just being. Throw caution to the wind. I'm going to knock your ass out. Hit me. I don't care, Manny. And winning that way. And it. Uh, look, you, we we have to wait and see. Maybe Wilder is the kind of guy who bounces back and is basically the same fighter. Now, I think that gives him the best chance of winning this fight if it happens in July. But still, I don't think the same fighter beats Fury again as long as Fury doesn't F up in the meantime. All right, overreaction number three, I want your take on this. Uh, Floyd Mayweather, of all people, was in Manchester, England at a speaking event, and he was asked, do you think Wilder will win a rematch with Fury? His response excitedly was, if I train him, if I train him, I can teach him how to win. He went on to support uh, Deontay win, lose, or draw, but sort of double down and say, like, you know, if I was in his corner, I could do this. So I, I not only want your take to Floyd floating those comments out, but just the idea in general, Rafe, that there would be enough time between now and July for Wilder to actually like add wrinkles and figure out a real game plan and not just get up off the campus and go on and not that guy out the third, not that guy out the third, not that guy out the third. Yeah, Brian, I, I don't, I don't see it. I don't think that Deontay Wilder, most, almost any fighter, could, um implement as many changes as Wilder would presumably need to to improve enough on the technical or fundamental aspects of that that, that he's been lacking to uh to be able to set traps against Tyson Fury and and box evenly enough with him to set up the right hand that could 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 deliver the fight for him I think it just it, it just seems so unlikely and I think that the first fight really exposed a level of arrogance or hubris among Wilder's team that, look, it was justified. They were undefeated in 43 fights, 10 title defenses. It really it made sense, right? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. There's not, that, that, that goes a long way. But you ran up against somebody bigger who moved, who moved better. Who was who? Who could match Wilder in, in a lot of the things that other fighters couldn't? And I just don't. I don't. I don't think you can teach him something brand new in such a short period of time. Whether it's Floyd Mayweather, whether it's Mark Breland, Jay Diaz, George Foreman, whoever it is. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, the way that Fury, even we even doubted Fury's ability to implement a new style and new approach in such a short period of time with Sugar Hill. 
and Andy Lee and saying, oh, no, I'm going to fight, you know, on the front foot. I'm looking for knockouts. I'm trying to uh, incorporate the the sort of the cronk aggressive style to my uh, awkward and defensive style that I've been using in my biggest fights for a long time. And even a guy with the boxing, the proven boxing ability and talent and sort of versatility of Tyson Fury, I didn't believe it going into this fight. That's why I thought he was going to lose. And he pulled it off. But that he is the outlier. He's the exception to me that proves the rule. And I don't think that Deontay Wilder is going – I don't think that he should try and become a new fighter heading into this rematch. It's too soon. Get into the best shape you can. Give yourself the best chance to win. And hope that something goes wrong in Tyson Fury's camp. Also here, Rafe, on this topic, he's so – his fundamentals are so off to begin with that it's, I don't know. It makes, it leads me to believe that they're not teaching him any fundamentals and that they have in all this point. I don't know if you saw, I saw like a video pod involving Carl Frampton and Ben Davison. And uh, what was that? The five live? TKO with Joe. It's uh you know, the Carl Frampton podcast. And, you know, Ben gave such a, a smart take about how Tyson and him, when they were together, figured out that when this is just one example of, of technical flaws, but when Wilder exits, when you when you make him back up, most people back up use, using the back foot to begin it, so they can still punch while they're backing up. He backs up using the front foot and is never planted. And if that is true, I guess it explains how once Fury really started sitting down on his punches in this rematch and attacking. Wilder had no moments after that first round, after he landed those two right hands, right? I mean, he had nothing. So, uh, you know, I, I would hope that they could, in his camp, that they could find a fatal flaw and try to at least uh, fix that. But how about even throwing that out the window and just asking you this? What if he just brawls? He didn't brawl in this fight. He it, Think about it. In the rematch, he didn't brawl. And sometimes we mistakenly think of him as this, you know, slugger who has no game plan. He just brawls. Really, he's a poised counterpuncher in a lot of ways, right? He kind of just waits. He waits around and lands one big shot. What about the idea of him rushing Tyson and kind of just saying, let's make this into a sloppy ass fight. I'll bring I'll bring uh, Tuscaloosa with me. You want you know, you want to bring your bare knuckle past. You want to bring the travelers, the ghosts of all the uh, you want to bring your dad fish hooking an eye into this fight. I'll bring my neighbor. You know what I mean? I'll, br- I'll This is a fight. This ain't a boxing match. We didn't see any of that out of Deontay when it was time to fight. He had nothing. What about just training him to be a destroyer? And I don't mean a counterpunching destroyer who, if he happens to hit you with that right hand, you die. I mean, a guy. You remember round one of the Stavern rematch? I know you always discounted that performance because Stavern is, is really fat, Rafe. <laughs> and it didn't train when in reality, of course. The fat fellas can fight for some reason. All fat people can fight. Uh, what if he had the mindset that he had as the bronze bomber, as the... Uh, as the descendant spirit inside of him. Look, I don't 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 talk this speak it, believe it, receive it stuff to me. I, I I I'm not going there with you. I will humor the idea that yeah, if he comes out and just decides to wing punches, that's not a bad strategy because if if he happens to connect on something, it can change the fight. He has that power. So on some level, the more he lets that lets his right hand especially go, the better chance he has of just somehow connecting i don't know so i do uh, yes the shotgun approach 
Yeah, let it go. Let let all the bullets go as soon as possible. Throw the Don't load. worry about gassing. Blow your load. Do what you got to do because if you stand there and box this guy, he's going to beat you. Yes, yes. All right, my final uh, weird knee-jerk reaction I want to hear you swallow and take in. Uh, you remember what Paulie? You Sorry about that. Well, once what did Tyson say about man? once a man swallows in the ring? He'll yeah, never, never the be the same. He'll yeah. never be back. Uh, you've heard Paulie say this before, right? Boxing is full of shit, man. I used to love Assuming. it. I used to love the sport, too. But he didn't mean that literally, right, Rafe? Well, literally? Yeah, literally. So Does somebody need to take a dump before well, the fight? Well, what are you talking well, about? Well, Rafe. Uh, you have a big dump in your pants. Keep that in mind. <laughs> keep that in mind here, Rafe. Somebody on Twitter at... Boomtown1717. Now, I didn't research this. This brother, his name is Boomtown17, tweeted me four hours ago and said, is the rumor that Deontay pooped his pants in the fifth round actually true? Riff, I hadn't heard this. Uh, but could that be a, an explainer of the ish performance that we saw of Deontay? Was, was no fight was over well before the fifth round, my man. I look if if, if the if the poop theory <laughs> is in play here, <laughs> it should be around like near like round three or round two when things really started to turn. Maybe he just needed his ass served, right? There's a guy here from Sheffield that can actually serve you your ass. Maybe <laughs> clean up on aisle... Uh... Hey, uh, hey, Jay, I'm going to need you to wipe my ass real quick. <laughs> hey, hey, Deez, tell me how my ass tastes. Kobe, how does my ass taste? Uh, too soon, too soon, Dwyer, okay? Too soon. Wow. All right. Uh, so that's the deal. We're going to have a third fight, Rafe. Get ready. Hey, by the way, I did just try to talk myself into it, and I believe it. What if this third fight just is like... Hagler hurts. Just go for it. Uh, people are like, we don't need this fight. We learned everything we learned. Well, I think we need it. I don't know. We don't need it. We don't need it. But I do like it. I'm not yeah. I'm not ready to believe that Fury's going to somehow have an easier time than he had in the second fight. No, 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 no. Fight ain't over. No, no. I think I, I agree, Brian. I think that it, of the options at heavyweight, especially if AJ is tied up with at least one mandatory coming up in june with kubra pulev yeah who do you want to see tyson fury fight is it are you really that much more interested in him defending the his his now mandatory against dillian white i mean that, that'd be a decent fight but like dillian white has one of the best sticks in the game so dwyer says <laughs> i don't know if i want to find out from uh, personal experience but it's still that would be a good fight, but I'm not convinced that it is so more interesting than a third Wilder fight. All right. All right. I'm, I'm down. I'm down. I'm ready. I'm here. I'll be there. All right. You're going to be there? You're going to actually go Probably to not. Fight? Why don't you go to a damn fight, Rafe? Uh, don't ask me. All right. All right. Uh, hey, let's talk about last weekend. About last weekend, Rafe. Uh, Frisco, Texas, to zone. You heard it previewed on this here show. Mikey Garcia goes the distance. He drops Jesse Vargas, nearly stops him a couple times. But then in the end, settles for an almost sneaky close decision win. Rafe, the theme coming in was, is Mikey a real welterweight? He's doubling down on the welterweight division. By the way, it, there's a weird irony in here. Can I pause and tell you about my life? I got into boxing through my grandfather because mm -hmm. I'd, I'd go to his house in Pennsylvania as a kid, expect that I'd get to watch my 
cartoons or pro wrestling on a Saturday, you know, or whatever. And he'd, and you know, some relatives are like, yeah, yeah, go do whatever you want. But then there's some OGs in your family who are like, no, this is my TV, bro. You know what I mean? Like, you ain't taking the controller from me. Uh, he would, he'd always be watching boxing, like always, always, Rafe. His name was Walter, and he called them Walter Waits. He always, because huh. I always say, Grandpa, what's your favorite division? He'd be like, well, nothing's better than heavyweight, but I think I like the Walter Waits. No, well, that that's very interesting. And look, I I, I think he has good taste if he pre- prefers welterweight boxing to heavyweight boxing. He is he is the boxing hardcore, right? He's not a regular fan in that case. Indeed. Um, I wanted to ask: Is this the same grandfather who used to take you for those delicious Coney dogs? Uh, the same family, but that was my uncle. So thank gotcha. you. Same, gotcha. same. Yeah, yeah. You got the location right. Shout out there to Shamokin, Pennsylvania. Hopefully, somebody <laughs> can get out there and check out Coney Island and then crap their pants afterwards. Uh, Rafe. Is it successful? Is Mikey Garcia an elite welterweight now that he's beaten two-division champion Jesse Vargas? No. I mean, Jesse Vargas wasn't an elite welterweight either. Maybe not even when he had a belt at welterweight. Um, but he was a solid one. He was solid. a good one. He was a fr- fringe top 10, I would say. I mean, look, would I take um, Jesse Jesse Vargas over – Say Sergey Lipinets or no, no 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 no. Yes, I would. Yes, I definitely Why do you would. Hate Sergey Lipinets? Or, He's or really the guy Lipinets is fighting soon. Uh, Abdukakarov, Kudratio, Tio, uh, Abdukakarov, Batio, uh, Carmen, Batio. I don't know like anymore. Sounds like a gross sex act. I don't. I don't. I don't get into that. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I think he'd probably be – if he were – you know, Jesse Vargas was trying to move up to 154 and he came back down for Mikey. If he were still at 147, he probably would be ranked in the top 10. And he's a good – He's. I think he is a good measuring stick for Mikey. And we saw what he can do against, uh, you know, welterweights who aren't the very, very, very best in the world. It's enough to make a case for – a Manny Pacquiao fight, which is exactly what they want, right? That's exactly what what uh, <laughs> what, what Mikey wants. He's there for the money, and that's the biggest money fight in welterweight. I don't think, Rafe, you heard him on the show before. He's not here for the money. He's here for the legacy. He's Get one out of, those, of here, man. No, 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 no. Hear me out. He's one of those refreshing guys. Yes, he's a... A, a stickler for business, which Brian, is why he Brian, can fought. I... If he were in it for the legacy, why wouldn't he have stayed at the the weight classes where he was at his best, 135, and fought the likes of Vasily Lomachenko. Uh, he would have been with, there to catch these guys on the way up. With you know, Lopez, Devin Haney, Ryan Garcia. Okay, I if, agree. He had, if he were the top of that, that's a legacy. Instead, he's like a like he's Amir Khan, but better. No, okay. I forget, uh, no, he's uh, doing no. he's doing the Amir Khan with uh, his career. He's is. waiting for big fights with Manny and other big names. Are you saying AJ slept with his wife? Is that what you're saying, Rafe? Um, yeah, not that. Uh, so, yeah, some of what you're saying is kind of right. I agree. So the idea is Mikey Welch. I'm not really sure still. He took a lot of damage even in winning this fight, right? And I think he will need to take damage against the elite welterweights to have a shot to win. I would rather him see you go to weight category 135. Do that Loma fight. Fight. Anyone from Gervonta to Teo to Devin Haney to Rye Guy, anybody in that area, of course. Him at 130, he's a killer. But he's won titles in four divisions, and he really wants to do it in five, and I think he really wants to prove everyone wrong. So Hold up. You, do we really think that, that – I know that boxers value belts for reasons that are obvious, right? I mean, they're, they're nice to have. They, they look cool in the case. They – 
help you make more money. But when it's when it's all said and done, do you think that they re- that, that they really believe that oh I had more belts in more weight classes that makes me better versus I I beat guys like I don't think Rafe, that he, I don't Adrian wouldn't Broner, say that he necessarily beats Lomachenko, but a win over Lomachenko is not worth more legacy wise than. Um, if he were able to engineer a belt at 147, I now. agree with you. I agree with you, but I, but I, it, he always talks about legacy. Yeah, there's money involved. That's why he got out of his top rank deal. He wants to control. That's his why own he future. made seven million to fight Jesse Vargas, right? I agree with that, but I also feel like he's had moments where he could have signed multi-year contracts with any promoter for a lot of money, and he's told us in the past on the show that like I value my freedom over that. So I can fight who I want and, and chase my own history. And look, uh, him going up against Spence was not the smartest move, Rafe. That showed you that legacy mattered more than money in that regard. Got to give Mikey the ball sack of the year award for taking that fight. Because they got to be this big to jump up two weight classes. Balls of the year, Mikey Garcia. Balls of the year, Mikey. <laughs> uh, but I hope he doesn't become what you, the picture you're painting, which is... I I am in I am in lust, not love. I am in lust with challenging myself. I am in lust with you telling me I can't do this. That I will constantly like. Yeah, he's gonna end up fighting Canelo. I Canelo wait if that happens. And Canelo wait ain't one five five anymore. It's like one seven two. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Like so. Yeah, that could be a problem. Can he beat my Manny in your eyes? Can this version of Mike Garcia at one forty seven, who did show you he had real power, right, as a counterpuncher? Yes. Dropping and hurting Var- Vargas never We've never gets seen hurt. Vargas that hurt. I would say never. Um, and yeah, he did. Look, I, I thought it was a better performance than he's gotten credit for. I think he gave rounds away at the end. He probably didn't need like the, he. It, there are points to criticize, but in terms of the talent he showed, that is still there. The power, the ability to land precise, damaging punches. The Mikey Garcia we know was there, and it even though. I understand the arguments that Jesse about the the rounds that Jesse Vargas uh, could have and was winning in that fight, but at the same time, through even in the beginning when Mikey wasn't doing anything, I just had the feeling I, I, I always sensed that he was in control of that fight and he was going to to take over at some point, which he did. Uh, would I have would it have been a more complete performance if he? had finished Vargas in the fifth or the eighth or the tenth. But from the fifth round on, anytime he landed a right hand, Vargas was badly hurt. Um, and could that be successful against Manny? Yes, it's a fight I would love to see. I would rather see him fight, even if it's not as ambitious a play as challenging Errol Spence, which we already saw how that ended ended up, or Terrence Crawford. The the Manny fight is the the right one because Manny, of course, is an undersized welterweight. He has the power and the speed and enough other attributes to compete there as he's done for years. But the size size isn't a disadvantage anymore, at least in the same way for Mikey fighting Manny Pacquiao. And it just sets up a, an incredible contrast in styles to see if Mikey can deal with the speed and activity and suddenness of Manny lunging, coming coming at him with with his, with that left hand and and combinations from from all different angles, the footwork, but also being a little reckless. Basically, can Mikey land the Marquez shot that wow. that that lands that 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 knocks Manny out or changes that fight? If he doesn't, 
Manny's too fast and too active and beats the crap out of him. But if he does, that's he interesting could win how Manny's still around <laughs> at this level that we could have it. We have a new Juan Manuel Marquez, and he likes snack. And his name is Mikey Garcia. By the way, my, how does Mikey still not have a good-looking body? I'm not trying to be a body guy here, Rafe, but, uh, you know, he, he looked more muscular than the Spence fight, but how, how is he not ripped? What do you mean? It's he, He's he's like five foot six. It's hard to put real muscle on that on that body, uh, and especially with his body type where he wasn't even ripped at, at 126 or 130. I know he's never been ripped. It's weird. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, there's big fights at 40, but he wants the best. He wants the best. Uh, and if DeZone is going to continue. He wants the to, bag, my yeah, friend. If DeZone's going to continue to offer the largest bag to him, then you're going to probably see him continue. You know, he's not going to get into the pro gray uh, Josh Taylor, Terrence Bud Crawford sweepstakes because that's top rank. And if he didn't already go back to top rank for one fight to fight Loma, then he's not going to be doing that. So, and it seems like he's went in and out of the PBC to get what he wanted out of that. If he stays the zone, I don't know who he's going to be fighting. Cause look, this is the first legitimate welterweight fight. The has ever put on. Remember when they went out and chased all the Walter weights and all they got was Jesse Vargas, uh, outside of Manny. I don't know who else he would get, but, uh, it's a good win. It was a good win. I just, yeah. I really fear Rafe. That he's to win, he's gonna have to take damage in these fights. That's, I mean, I think he understands that. I don't think that Mikey um, has a problem with that or doesn't understand that. It doesn't know that these are close fights that he could lose. Or, but he, the the the, the risk is gonna be worth the reward. And I do think that, especially compared to potential fights with uh, Terence Crawford. And again, I mean, Errol Spence doesn't even count anymore because he already lost. He got shut out by him. Um, Manny is a fight where he has a path to win, and it's the biggest money. So I under it makes a whole lot of sense for him to be chasing after that. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Jesse Vargas, though. Shout a lot of heart. I mean, he was almost stopped, and he he fought back, and then, like we said, was winning rounds late. But Rafe, the biggest story of this weekend, the feel good story of this weekend. Good God, I enjoyed watching Chocolatito remind us of how great he can be. I know he's only 32, but that can be washed in those lower weight classes. And the destructive nature, the the beating he took in the first SSR fight, in which some people thought he won, mixed with the destructive knockout in the rematch, you know, it was fair to wonder if he was ever going to be the same. He was aided on Saturday in winning back a... Uh, 115 belt by Cal Yafai stepping up to high level competition for really the first time really fighting the wrong game plan trying to be the bigger man trying to walk him down hooking with the hooker punching with the puncher touching with the toucher whatever you want to say there Rafe but this felt like watching Nonito pour out the jug against uh Inoue it was just like yeah yeah like I'm I'm I wasn't standing on the couch like I was after Oscar knocked out Mayorga or after Litzau upset Caballero, which did happen, they did exist, both did exist. But damn, Rafe, like I'm even going to say pause on the what's next conversation, which which could give you a double kebab when it comes to to, to tent season. Uh, but just from the moment of watching him like he ain't done, Rafe, he's a real man. He's a real campeon. I was humbled watching that. Yeah, look, uh, they 
it, people say it because it's true a lot of the time. The, the real great fighters can have more than one life. They can come back from situations that you don't expect any boxer to really recover from. And and Chocolatito, man, you this this especially was one of the most. This was one where I didn't think I, I don't think I I believed he was going to make a, to look this good in winning. I did I. I, I mean, I thought that Yafai would win, and not because I am so in, was so in love with Yafai, but just that I just I just didn't believe that the fights Chocolatito had ha, had had been in since losing to Sarungvisai had really proven much, and it seemed like he was running on fumes at a weight class that was just too too much for him. But that's why they're great. They 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 do have these second lives and. It was a beautiful performance. It, it was obviously aided, like you said, by maybe the worst possible game plan Kalifai <laughs> could have. Like, just I'm going to stand here and allow you to do everything that makes you an all-time great, yeah. and assume that I'm somehow going to overcome it. Um, and the, but the and by the time topples. he realized that he can't do it, it was too late. He didn't have the legs. He didn't have the power. His jab wasn't stiff enough. He he wasn't. He wouldn't have been able to implement it. And look, credit. Credit, credit to Chocolatito for making that happen, for seizing that moment and making himself a champion again. It's a great story. It really is. Uh, you know, the fluid combos were back. He got when he gets in a rhythm and he's he's almost he's not switching stances, but he's he's like the footwork is there. He steps to the side to land a combo. I mean, it's classic stuff. And in all the the day one ish, the Cliff Rolds of the world, the Dougie Fishers, the guys who were. Look, those guys were were on this train a long time ago, even before I know this game. Okay, even before that, and they're right. We didn't when we finally got to see this guy either on HBO or a little bit before that when we would you know tune into an AWE stream or something. It was the second half already of his great career. It was him at a weight class that was possibly over his head because he'd have to again, like Mike Garcia, take big damage to win these fights, but. This just felt special, man. I love it. And, and Rafe, when you talk about what actually could happen now in this division, Rafe, that first, we've been talking about wanting to see Chocolatito Juan Francisco Estrada 2 ever since 2012 when the fight first happened, Rafe. It's 2020, and this fight really matters. It's like for 115 supremacy, if we could see it, please, DAZN, throw stupid money at this to make it happen. Not to mention, do you would you even want or care about a third SSR fight for Chocolatito? Well, of course I would care about it. I don't know if it's the first one that I'd want because that like Sarung Vasai was so definitive in in that last win. I mean that 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 win was so uh, it was just such a statement that it made people assume that Chocolatito might his career could be over and even didn't believe his comeback once it began. And he was knocking out sort of second tier guys like, yeah, but that still doesn't matter what, what SSR did changed it forever. No, it didn't. Um, it, it's worth doing. Look, you know, you know, you know what I'm going to say. You know what I'm going to say. You already know what I'm going to say. Yeah, I know yeah. what I'm going to say. Ah, call Cali. Uh, call Cali. I thought you were going to say call Mr. Cancer. <laughs> No, don't call him. He ain't going to help you find create a tournament. He will make you some money, and maybe you should call him. But if you want to make some hardcores happy, if you want to pitch a tent in the Bartholomew household, <laughs> you call Callie 
Sourland and get him to spark up season three World Boxing Super Series. Put money in escrow. Get us eight Superfly guys. Let me right? t- let me tell you the landscape at 115 right now, okay? But you could bring some guys up from 112. Tanaka, Kosei Tanaka. You could get Donnie uh... Nietes, who said he was waiting for a fight with Chocolatito. All right, let me tell you the belt holders here. All right, so Chocolatito Rafe picked up that WBA championship. Juan Francisco Estrada, who I still have in my top 10 pound for pound. You better. Has the WBC belt. Jerwin Ancaejas, probably a Pinoy guy, right? Yes, but that Jerwin Ancajas. Jerwin Ancajas is your IBF Ugh. champion. Kazuto Ioka WBO Andrew Maloney. I think the Australian bloke has the WA, WBA interim title. SSR, that rat-eating fool uh, coming off that hard breakup, Rafe, would also be involved in this Cali party that you're creating there. But even if we don't do a Cali party, I really want Chaco to make that money player because – I think his career high payday was like six hundred grand. Like, hey, DAZN, throw them the real cheese, so to speak, and make these fights matter. Because Rafe, I've realized that I love Chocolatito. If you ever hear him, I've interviewed him before. He's like the sweetest guy ever, humble guy, just loves people. I don't know if you saw that weird uh, meme of him. He was interviewed by that lady with the big bust, uh, uh, the boxing reporter, and he was looking. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that happened too. But Rafe, uh, from the fights I've been blessed to be at. You know, fights like uh, Berto Ortiz won. Second fight I ever covered. Amazing. Oh, my God. You know. Um, Look at this. Mayweather, Berto, co-main event that no one talks about. Salido versus Rocky Martinez 2. That was a beauty of a brawl. What a beauty body hashtag. Uh, remember when Bandito rallied to knock out Ioka on the uh, Cotto Canelo co-main? Uh, you, you mean uh, Miura. Miura. Yeah, some... Some Japan guy. I fight with Japan guy. Uh, you know, I've seen some great ones ringside, but Chaco SSR1, MSG, Triple G, Jacobs pay-per-view, that was some humbling, brutal theater. Thank you, Chocolatito, for emptying emptying your 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 blood, your, your, your sack for us. I love this man, Rafe. I'm not ready for this ride to be over. Give me the Estrada rematch because like the great Lara Holm, I know this game, bro. I know All right, yeah, Brian. Look, I'm with you. I even even lesser regarded Chocolatito fights. Like I was at the Quadras fight before the first SSR fight, and that one was just an awe-inspiring, jaw-dropping display. The combinations both guys were were throwing and landing the back and forth action, the acne on Quadras' yes. back. It was just, I, I was, I, it was at the forum in LA and it was, it was mar, it was amazing. It was one of those things where I, I, I had, uh, I had my, uh, my girlfriend with me. I have a girlfriend and, uh, she was like, oh, some, just, some, some Pinoy. Right, come on. Um, how dare you? Come on. She, no, um, no, 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 no. The no, casuals, no. the casuals like her were just like, oh my God, these guys do not stop. And I, and obviously there's much more nuance to what they're doing in there than that, but you can appreciate it just on that raw level of the, in, the, the, the amount of output, the energy these guys have in the ring and the competitiveness. I, it, it would be beautiful. It's beautiful to have him back. And and I'm not even a I'm not a Cliff Roll guy. Not that I like his work, but I mean I'm not one of these 
like jerking off to, to wow. ten pound men guys. Wow. I just it's not me. <laughs> seven times a day, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, look, I, I don't. It's true. Between the other seven times, I just don't have enough left in me to squeeze one out for choco. Oh God, no, but, no, 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 no more. Um, masturbating seven times a day. Keep me testosterone pumping. <laughs> I just mean I'm not a day one. I'm not a ride or die. I don't have the street cred with the lower weight divisions that, like you mentioned, Cliff Road, Dougie Fisher, the people who are really on top of it. They have their finger on that pulse. And They've got even, even to a casual bum like me, it's just amazing what these guys can do. And uh, Chocolatito, he really put him on the map. I mean, that that was the, the reason that these fights or one of the big reasons that these fights are on so often. And we get to see, and we, I hope we're going to talk about it, fights like Julio Cesar Martinez and Jay Harris on that same card is because of all of the interest. And people, thank you, Cliff Roll. Thank you, Dougie Fisher, for screaming out, making us believe and pay attention that these fighters are special and deserve more accolades even than we give them. We can't celebrate them enough. Indeed, indeed. They've got panache. They've got the charisma that we want. You have about as much charisma as my underpants. Zero. None. All right. Uh, so, Rafe, also on this DAZN card, I may have seen the fight of the year. Did I? I may have seen it. I know it's early in this year. Your guy, Julio Cesar Martinez, this small man with... Big balls who just switches stances so often that he basically squares up. And this bloke, Jay Harris, Rafe, that was like a, a, a Rocky movie fight. What a piece of theater there. And what weight class is that? Weight category? Uh, 112, so regular flyweight. Holy cow. Rafe, I couldn't have cared less about this fight coming in. All right, Brian, I'm going to need to take your card again. Again, and but I have to Give take the card. Give me the card. I need to take your hipster I've got card. I've got to take the L. Let me sit on the cactus, Rafe. Points I, on that license, my friend. Rafe, they fought like this, like it was rider, like it was live or die, man. You know what I'm saying? That's how they fought. Like this was, if you have not seen this fight on the zone undercard this weekend, please go out there, get it, got it, good. Tune in. Do what you have to do. All right? Stream it, whatever. I don't got that zone shit. I don't care. Find get it. it. All right? Get it. 20, pay pay $20 for one month just to see that fight. It is worth that one Is Martinez view. now our new guy? Is that our new, like, 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 I'm pro boner for this guy? Um, I think he's worthy of a pro boner. I, I, his style is something amazing to me because it's the feints he throws. He, they're almost like the high school street fight feints where he like does sort of like, he just pulls his, pulls his arms back and lunges forward. And, and, and except they're real, there's real, real menace behind those feints. I understand why fighters bite on them, but yeah, it's like, does he throw jabs? Does he use that punch? He just, he, he, he just waits for you to get close enough to him. And then is so explosive with those combinations, these wide punches that come, he basically, Basically throws him from his hip, right? For, with both hands. So much fun. So fast and accurate with them. And you, look, I wanted to ask you. Ask me. The knockdown that Jay Harris got up from, where does that rank in the Brian Campbell, the BC pantheon of top blokes getting up from body shots no that business. they have yeah. no business getting up uh, from? Somewhere between uh, Guy Ritchie and uh, – no, 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 no. That's – I mean, we got to really stop with that joke, okay, Ray? Oh, wow. He's not even British. Oh, my gosh. That's 
Uh, it was, it was, look, I, I just want to say this. Uh, so Martinez fought with a ton of balls. That's who he is. But Jay Harris, like there were moments in that fight, right? Where he should have went away. He should have packed it in. He should have not got up off the canvas. That kid's got balls, bro. Like that was a hell of a fight. I need to follow him now everywhere he goes. Yeah, I'm with, I look and, and the story that they did a good job of telling on the broadcast of Jay Harris working in an Amazon fulfillment center and training at the same time. I mean, boxing, man, boxing is so great. Boxing is so great. It's a hood sport. That's, that's, that's indeed right there. Right. Uh, Joseph Parker also sent a man to hell who had no business being in there with him. It seems like he's recovering from that spider bite. Good looking knockout. Hopefully he can find a what if What if the spider bite gave him some sort of radioactive powers? Wow. That's a good point. Joseph, with great power comes great Dude, responsibility. We, you know what? I should just get a hold of uh, the great Greg Domino from DAZN. You know him, former HBO PR bloke. Love that man. Is he? He's not the the diggity Domino from the '90s who sang the Ghetto Jam. No, 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 no. no. Uh, and just say, look, we want Joseph Parker for an interview. But be prepared. All we're going to talk about is Burger King and spiders. You know what I mean? Like that's all we care about on this show. Uh, <laughs> Joseph Parker seems like true top bloke quality bloke material. I think he would be willing to engage with us on our level. I mean, he is he's tight with Tyson Fury for a reason. He is a good hang. Him and Tyson Fury bonded something serious out there in Manchester after after Joseph Parker took that decision off of his off of Tyson's cousin and they still got down like friends. I mean that and they're friends to this day, Brian. To, to this, this day. day. He's a top boat. He's got a big set of bollocks. I'm sure Joe Parker has seen them. Rafe, what is your shortlist, by the way, 2020 vision for must get guests? Because you don't like guests. You know, you don't you know if I'm like, hey, I got guess what? I got the this guy. You're like, yeah, go ahead. I don't care. Uh I don't got that interview shit. Uh what are the what's your three? What are your three must gets this year? Um, that you would be a part of, right? Glenn Rushton, number one. Yes. Joe, Jeff Horn's trainer. Okay. The number that got it. I want to talk to him about broken rhythm method. I want to talk to him about the scorpion style. I want to talk about tiger style with him. All right. Yes. Glenn Rushton ain't nothing to F with. Nope. Nope. Uh, um, Dwyer's in the top three, right? Yeah. Dwyer got to be number two. And I, I hate to go back down under. But I, I and this is a different country down under. But you got me, you got me thinking, Joseph Parker. I want to talk to his. Wow. Uh, well, maybe, maybe Dean Lonergan or David Higgins, the two businessmen down there who who, who get things done, and they, they, they're always a good quote. What about Roley? Anyone else? Any other wild cards you're looking to get? Jeff Mayweather. I don't know if they would really roll with us in the same way. Just act stupid in an interview. Yeah, they'd who, send who, us who, to hell like Tyson Fury did to me, like the Charles. Or they just wouldn't. I don't know if they'd send you to hell, Brian, but they would just be like, "Why are they acting this way? Yeah, what is wrong with them?" Sometimes the guests get us. Sometimes maybe the guests get us, but other times, Ray. Sometimes maybe good. Sometimes maybe shit. Yes, we've had a few of those stinkers as well. Wow, I wonder if, if Wilder did poop his pants Rafe that's an interesting question uh hey before we get into the uh the caring side uh let's quickly brush over this the zone news it, everybody was writing about it but I sort of came out of reading the story like okay cool cool story bro this is good but like give me a layman's terms what does this the zone news actually mean for U.S. boxing fans nothing right 
I don't know. Not a, not really a damn thing. Maybe it means that some more fights go overseas. I mean, Joe Markovsky was saying that uh, yesterday, and I don't know if it was actual interviews or a statement or whatever, but it sounded like it was possible for for more fights between uh, European guys to to maybe take place in Europe, which. Look, it's a shame to lose those events here in the States, but at the same time, if they make better sense in the countries where there are going to be fans coming out to see them in greater numbers than here and they can make better money, good, go do that. Um, no, I don't know. Does it change? Yeah, if the zone makes a ton of money outside of the U.S., are they going to lower the price here? Because if they are, I'm down for that. But other than that, what are we talking about, Brian? Well, look, the news is essentially that they're that they're they're going for it. They're going to launch in a in a lot of countries, including England, with the Canelo May second fight, either against Billy Joe Saunders or Callum Smith. Industry insiders are saying BJS has the inside track. Uh, is going to be the kickoff fight. Uh, it doesn't really matter. We're already getting that fight anyway in U.S. to zone. But I guess if anything, it shows a deeper commitment. And that was in Keith Adek's story. He interviewed Joe Markovsky. That, you know, sometimes we bring up the, well, you know, if they get the NFL deal, then goodbye boxing. Well, no, they're saying no, not goodbye boxing, double, triple, quadruple down on boxing. Uh, let's find out how long the oligarch is willing to uh, to just to just uh, let it rain. Rafe. If he's going to keep doing it, then, you know, hopefully our good friends, Todd Grisham, Sergio Morgan, keep cashing it. Hopefully we can keep getting fun fights on the cheap as American fans. Yeah, uh, look, it's a it is a undeniably great service for American or North American boxing fans, people who live here in this market, because you could spend a hundred bucks a year and you get all the Canelo fight. You get basically fights that would be on pay-per-view if they weren't on the zone and you get these great cards and you get, they throw in whatever WBSS does. If it ever comes back, you get all this stuff. It, it's a good deal. It's a good product. Um, yeah, but I don't know that this news – and, and on that level, I hope it continues. If it does, I, as long as it's around, I will have it. And I'm not rooting for it or – I guess I'm rooting for it in, in terms of just it being a, a, a cost-effective and good product for box, boxing fans. But beside that, I don't care if yeah, they win or lose. Like it's cool in the story that John Skipper's flying 8,000 miles a day to uh, go to some undisclosed country to negotiate terms. I care about this country, okay? So yes, you yeah. which rightly so, right? Why should you care? Why this is something? This is a bigger issue, and this happens in all sports. It's not just boxing, but the substitution, the way that sports leagues and sports in boxing, I don't know what you would call it, since it's not a league, a hierarchy, the powers that be, the way that it has subtly, sub, subtly been uh, substituted the idea that, oh, fans need to look at this as business people, as general managers, as, uh, content providers, as like, no, the, the, the primary entryway to being a fan of a sport is liking the comp, the competition that happens in the ring or on the field or on the court or on the rink or wherever the hell it happens. And the idea that it's fun now or more fun or as fun to just cosplay as uh tv executives or streaming tech executives no i don't that's not my dream uh and i don't uh, it's something we have to know it's something that you need to be informed about to understand what's happening in boxing but besides that yo later for that i'd just if if you made better fights that's that i would prefer that to having an interesting um uh you know parlor intrigue over 
over who's got what money and who's making what deal. No, I don't care about that. Just make make good sports and I'll follow that. I don't care about Matisse's life. I don't care about his people. I don't care about his family. I don't care about them. All right, Rafe, let's talk to uh, this this fun caveman, this guy, the babyface, this man, the Polish heavyweight who's back this Saturday on Fox. It's Adam Kovnatsky, and he's coming at you right now, Rafe. Enjoy. Always a pleasure to talk to the babyface, Adam Kovnatsky. Main event on Fox once again, Saturday, March 7th. Robert Hellenius in your future. I know you, though. I know you, Adam Kovnatsky. You use words like wilder, not Hellenius. What the hell's going on here? Yeah, I mean, just just uh, staying focused. You know, other fights were uh, made. Uh, they were busy, so I just had to, have to take care of who's, who's uh, they put in front of me. Now that happens to be Robert Hernandez, so I got to take care of business March seventh, and then uh, hopefully I get uh, one of the champions. I know you've been hungry. I know you've been getting one win after another to get to this point. We saw you in an absolute war last August against Chris Ariola, one of the contenders for fight of the year. A uh, lot of attention just to the action back and forth. What was that like for you? It was fun. Uh, I, I like to fight and. Uh, I like think Chris Ariola he came to fight too, and we had a <laughs> awesome night. You know, uh, the fans were pleased, and uh, we were happy too. You know, absolutely. Uh, I think this will be your tenth fight at the Barclays Center in the last twelve. You're a Brooklyn guy. I mean, are we going to get a statue built outside for the great <laughs> Polish heavyweight here? Oh uh, yeah, let me win the title first. So uh, we're close. I just got to make sure. Uh, we're almost there, so I just gotta win the title and then definitely uh, <laughs> put a statue like 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 Rocky has in Philadelphia. <laughs> you know, we've seen through the years in modern times when there's a popular Polish fighter, that fan base just comes out. Whether it's Tomas Adamek or you know Galata or across the board, uh, do you can you compare your fan base to any other nationality? I mean, are these the best fans in the game? Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, the Polish fans are the, are the greatest. Uh, they've, they've been supporting me since day one. It's my amateur fight, and uh, the army of Adam Kamnowski just keeps getting bigger and, and stronger. You know, fight by fight. Uh, this number of the tickets were were selling like uh, hot uh, bake, uh, like hot hot uh, like hot, hot bread. You know, just yeah, hot right, cakes. Right, yes. right, right, yeah, right out of the oven. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's been a uh, very exciting time. Well, hot baked bread sounds good as well. So does a punchki. Uh, what's the best flavor here? What should I be looking punchki, for? Punchki. Punchki. Tell me about these things. Yeah, uh, they're filled with jelly, you know. Um, obviously, after the fight, I'll have one. And then we had a uh, Fat Thursday in Poland, like just before the Lent. So it's called a Fat Thursday. So you have as much punchki as you had. I have one just for the tradition. But uh, after the fight, I have to make, make up the ones that I missed. I love it. Absolutely. Uh, what has been your connection to those past Polish heavyweight heroes in recent years? Did you do, ever develop relationships with Adamek, Galata, the guys that really, you know, helped build that fan base? Yeah, 100%. Uh, I've been in camp with Thomas Adamek uh, plenty of times. Uh, so I know him more than uh, Andrew Galata, but uh, Andrew Galata started for me. You know, uh, I enjoyed watching his fights. I got a chance to meet him a couple of times, so it was awesome. I had dinner with him, 
And uh, I remember when I saw Charles Martin, his wife posted a picture on Facebook of him watching my fight. So it was a truly uh, amazing feeling. Like, it felt good. I like that. I like that a lot. Of course, you did fight Arthur Spielka, another Polish fighter, back in 2017 on Long Island. And do you feel like you've uh, sort of taken the, the, the crown now as the Polish fighter of the moment? And do you feel any, any pressure in that? Uh, definitely. Uh, I think I'm like the one of the top fighters coming out of Poland. Uh, definitely the top one in the heavyweight division. So, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, the pressure's there, but, uh, you know, uh, you've got to do what you got to do. I mean, I've been doing this for 15 years, so uh, it's nothing new. Just just, uh, just one step closer to achieving the ultimate goal, you know, to becoming the first uh, Polish-born heavyweight champion of the world. Absolutely, and it's certainly very busy at the top with the belts tied up in those three big names at the moment. We're fresh off of Fury Wilder, of course, the rematch. Uh, this is, uh, I'm sure you were an interested spectator watching that. What was your take on Fury's ability to to call his own shot and take Wilder out of there? Uh, I knew Fury could back that well. I didn't think he would like uh, actually like demolish uh Wilder like he did. He, he from the first from the opening bell he just came forward, uh didn't give uh Wilder any room to let off his right hand and uh and just uh just stopped him. <laughs> Now, look, you've been sort of uh, trying to get yourself in the Deontay Wilder business for a few years, and obviously he's going to have an opportunity, should he accept it, to fight Tyson Fury a third time. For all we know, he could be champion again, but he's getting a lot of criticism right now for blaming his trainers for throwing in the towel, for blaming the heavy walkout costume he wore on his performance. Uh, do you respect how he's responded to his first defeat? I'm not really. I mean, uh, take your take your loss like a man. Uh, it's, it's part of the game. Uh, obviously, everyone's still undefeated, but sometimes it just doesn't go your way. Uh, unluckily, in boxing, where uh, losing is, is very unforgiving, you know. So, uh, but yeah, I think he came about it the wrong way. He just t- took his loss, took took the rematch, and uh, show what what he's really made of in, in his fight in the rematch fight in, uh, in the summertime. Absolutely. Uh, what a time to be a heavyweight. What a time to be an unbeaten, exciting heavyweight who gets the main event on Fox, as you will, against Robert Hellenius. Now, look, there was a time that the, I don't know what we're going to call him, the Nordic nightmare. There was a time we thought he was future heavyweight championship potential. He's had some up and down sense, but, you know, this guy's still a live big body there with a big punch. How do you look at this fight? How does it break down? What are you expecting? Uh, I mean, it's definitely going to be a tough fight. I mean, I'm not looking past nobody. He's a former European champion. Uh, he knows if he beats me, he takes a spot in the rankings. So uh, I definitely am not looking past him. Uh, and uh, like you said before, we're in a very uh, exciting time to be a heavyweight. So every fight is going to be uh, good. So, but, you know, I got my homework too. Uh, I had a long camp, eight weeks. Uh had the right sparring partners. Myers Vach came through, helped me out, so I'm really in good shape. Uh, I, Drew Miller came through, so gave me a couple rounds this, this week, so I can't wait just to uh, rec- like recoup this week because it's fight week, and then uh, sh- show myself uh, on, on Saturday night. 
How much do you feel like you're still improving at this point? I mean, I feel like you've put together enough wins where you're right there for a title opportunity. But do you feel like you're still evolving as a fighter in any way? Yeah, of course. I mean, you always got to work on your weaknesses. Uh, keep moving that head. I'm making sure uh, uh, I don't get hit so much. I mean, the last fight, we, uh, or <laughs> it was, like you said before, uh, record numbers of punches thrown and landed. So definitely uh, the punches landed on me got to decrease a little bit in the future. And how much do you look at weight as either a, a plus or a minus? And I say that because, you know, Tyson Fury for the rematch with Wilder, put on nearly 20 pounds and suddenly was a bigger puncher. Uh, There's certain fighters, Andy Ruiz, although obviously that rematch with Joshua didn't go his way, where he said he enjoys carrying extra weight. He feels like he fights better. How do you deal with that, being a being a, a big guy? Do you, do you feel like if you got too thin, it would rob you from that? Uh, I feel good. You know, I move well. The power's there. The speed's there, too. Uh, the conditioning is there. Uh, obviously, the, the TV people want to see the and the media and like all the fans want to see a nice six pack and stuff. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I'm a blue collar fighter, fighter. So uh, what you see is what you get. And uh, I mean, the body might not be uh, godlike or like Zeus like, but uh, it's definitely uh, it's tough. And uh, I come to fight. Yeah, the right hand is is just fine, and the chin as well. Uh, you're a new father, and this was a uh, you know. A, a giant moment in your personal life. Does that change you at all as a fighter? Uh, definitely. Uh, uh, it's amazing. I mean, you see his face. You see, I see my son's cat's face every morning. It motivates me to, to train harder, you know, um, that you have something more to prove, not not just for yourself now. It's, it's him. Like, uh, you have more responsibilities to be a good dad and stuff. So it's definitely uh, changing. Absolutely. And look, you'll be main eventing on Fox with a big opportunity to take a step forward for you, for your fan base, closer to that title shot. But another Polish sensation on the same night in Las Vegas will have another big moment when Joanna Young-Jacek tries to recapture her UFC title. I know you guys have supported each other in the past. What are you feeling about her getting back in there in the co-main event of UFC 248 against a very tough Chinese fighter in Weili Zhang? Yeah, I think I drive on get the title back for for Poland. You know, she's gonna definitely I think come out with a W after my fight. Uh, definitely gonna tune in and watch her fight. You know, uh, I'll be on cheering her on, uh, hoping she she uh she well I know she will bring the title back to Poland. You know, you guys are in different sports, different styles, but are you able to sort of connect as as sort of like you know rising Polish heroes who who understand what it takes at the highest level of the fight game? Yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, we relate a lot, you know. Uh, we got to sacrifice our time, uh, our well-being for the sport. So uh, we definitely relate in, in a lot of subjects, you know. We, it, I mean, just just being not able to go out and enjoy life as regular people do. got to stay focused, especially the last uh, 8, 12 weeks. It's, it's, uh, it's lockdown, you know, so uh, definitely can relate. Absolutely. Polish fans are going to be torn. Which one do I watch? Maybe they'll watch one and DVR the other. But I got to read you a quote from your opponent, Robert Hellenius. He says, look, Adam's a heavy brawler and a good fighter, but his boxing skills are not that strong. That's where I have the advantage. I know I can outbox him and the fans are going to see it. How do you respond to that? I mean, you see more seventh, you know, everybody has game plans to get hit, hit in the face like uh Mike Tyson was said before, so um, 
a lot of fighters come in the ring thinking that way, then they know the pressure I bring is it, something else. So uh, I can't wait to uh, show Hinarius that he's mistaken. Absolutely. Uh, you are going to take that step forward if you get the win and be very close to what we're talking about with a chance at the top. But of that three-headed monster who have had those belts on lockdown, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, do you do you believe in one guy out of the three that's going to be the last man standing? If you had the chance to fight for all four belts against one guy, who do you think that guy would be? I mean, it's hard to tell. I mean, uh, everybody's counting Wilder out right now, but, uh, I mean, he never had great boxing skills. You know, I mean, he always had a powerful right hand. and still has that powerful right hand. So uh, you can't like count him out because if he lands that right hand, he's knocking you out. So I think he's still in the mix. Uh, Fury's a good boxer, so uh, you know what he has, and uh, I want to see what Joshua still has after. I mean, he looked good his last fight, but but he was on the bike for twelve rounds. So I wonder what happens when he fights uh, somebody that's in shape and able to cut the ring much better and uh, put the pressure on him. And, you know, for, for as great as all three of those guys are, they've they've all shown their vulnerabilities in some way. I got to believe that gives you confidence uh, against each of them it, when you when you think about those those matchups in your head of what it would be like. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, uh, Tyson Fury, I think he, he kind of get a blueprint not to give a, uh, Wilder space to throw the right hand. But Tyson Fury also didn't look that good against his fight against Adewale. You know, obviously a cut early. He didn't look that great. Uh, it wasn't like he... Totally outboxed him, totally like uh, beat him up. Uh, and then Joshua, his fight with uh, his first fight with Andy Ruiz, um, still had a lot of doubts and he has a lot of questions. So I think all these guys are beatable, and uh, it's going to be just, just a matter of time just to see what, what you know, until uh, I get a shot done and see what happens. I felt like you were close to almost fighting Andy Ruiz. I thought I heard a rumor like that. Was there any talks? Uh, not that from my side. Um, I mean, obviously he called me out before he won the title. So, uh, obviously if, if, uh, our managers could come up with something positive, uh, I'd love to fight him. I love it. I love it. A lot of big business to have. Of course, your business in front of you is Robert Hellenius, March 7th, Fox, National TV, another close up in Brooklyn. Final question here, Adam. You feel the pressure to make a statement here? Is it just is it just survive in advance, or are you looking to maybe get some of those uh, those big guys to take a take better notice of you with this performance? Yeah, definitely uh, take notice. I mean, I want to get a spectacular knockout like the one I had against uh, George Washington uh, to prove to the world that uh, Alan Kowalski is here to stay and he's ready to uh, take take on uh, you know the top dogs. I love it. I love it. You get that win, then you get a full box of those punch keys. Let's do that thing. Adam, great talking with you, man. Best of luck. Thank you, Brian. All right. Special thanks to Adam Kovnatsky. Ray, if you ready to care about his fight or any others this weekend, are you ready? I am ready. Brian, can you pull back the curtain for me? Did you do that interview yet? I already did it. I did it last what, week. What, did he say anything? I thought you just heard it. Oh, no, just kidding. Uh, you know, yeah, not really. No, I mean, look, he, you know, he, it is what it is, it seems, Rafe. He wants to fight Wilder or any other champion. Well, he would he... rather be fighting an Andy Ruiz right now. He'd rather be fighting anybody, it seems, and we would agree with him, than 
the Nordic prince, uh, Robert Hellenius. Right. Rather, is- uh, the, the guy that just got sent to hell by the guy who just got sent to hell by Prince Charles Martin. I mean, he's who fresh off. Kalinowski an Are- already beat in 10 rounds. And he's fresh off a, an Areola fight in which, while it was exciting, it was more competitive than it should have, right? Because Areola kind of emptied the jug out, it's even though now, even though Areola is being considered for uh, Andy Ruiz. Now, look, the reality is. Uh, Kovnatsky should be fighting like an Andy Ruiz right now, or you know what I'm saying, or or, or something like that, or a, or who's the big guy they got, the guy who got hurt in the fight but won it, the unbeaten heavyweight, Ajagba, Ajagba, that's who he he's should on be this card. I know, and he should be fighting him, but I think you know well, they're what not Kov- gonna they're not gonna what Kov- lose one of those O's all over this exactly. Right now, what Kovnatsky's I mean. saying without saying ultimately is that. Al called and said, uh, you want a main event on Fox in your hometown? You know what I mean? For for good money? Yeah, you're going to say yes. You, you know, yes. there's no titles for him to fight for at the moment. We'll get into that in a second. Hey, let, well, yeah, I want to well, ask you, though, Brian, yeah, did he that? does he feel bad at all? Uh, what did he what does he make of Deontay Wilder? Because that was the he turned down. Didn't he turn down one of the shots? He did. At Anthony Joshua last year. I wish I got into that a little bit more. I didn't. Um. He did kind of rip Wilder and said, "Look, that's not how men act." You know what I'm saying? That's not how men do, Rafe. Okay. And uh, does I, I would like to make a well, we I, well let this lead into the weekend. I would like to suggest that Adam Kovnatsky, Adam Kovnatsky, make a uh, have something play before he walks into the ring with our famous sound drop. You getting beat by a man with titties, just so that everybody knows his opponent knows yeah. he's about to get beat by a man with titties. <laughs> uh, hey, him against Boobs Brazil—that's not a bad fight, right? That will be a lot better than uh, Hellenius. Oh, God, send you to Hellenius, Rafe. Uh, it starts Friday in Dubai. Your care level, UAE, ESPN Plus, Rafe. Is this another MTK? Gotta be right. That's where grab. they live. Uh, Aliu Bamadeli Lasisi. Versus Norbelto Jimenez, 10 rounds, junior bantamweights. What the hell is this crap? Corn? Where's Evan Corn? What is this? Did you say porn? Corn. Evan Corn. Oh, E.K. Uh, yes, yes. The porner man. Yeah, the porn. The <laughs> Evan Cornography. Yes. All right. Uh, Rafe, do you care about the co-main, though? T.J. Dahini versus Ayunuet Baluta. Don't call me JoJo Dan. Ayunuet Baluta, eight rounds, featherweights. I love me some T.J. Dahini. Uh, but this could be a better fight. I don't really care about it. I want to see him back in the mix at one weight category, one, two, two. That's a hot weight category. Fight, fight Dog Bay. Fight, you know, come back. Get in that mix. Fight. Yo, we've seen Emmanuel Navarrete fight 15 guys from, you know, two from the Philippines, two, two from Mexico, one from the States. Fight Dalhany. Forgive, he, this guy is there. He's an ex-champ. He is good. He is a beautiful guy. Exactly. I like, I want guys. Yes. I want Dunny. Yes, yes, indeed. Okay. Uh, Friday, excuse me, burp coming. Got it. Mexico City, Telemundo, Rafe, if you're interested. Armando Torres versus Juan Pinky Alejo, 10 rounds flyweights. No, 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 no. All right. All right. How about this then, Rafe? Uh, no, no, we don't care about that either. Um, all right. Well, that card sucks too. Saturday from Brentwood, England on ESPN Plus, Rafe. Kind of sounds like another MTK Global uh, Rob. Danny Dignum versus Alfredo Melli, 10 rounds middleweights. Why are these being televised, Rafe? Are they being? Where is it? What? What's it on? The Plus. Yeah, well, I, I don't got that. Yes, I do have that. I do have that Plus uh, stuff, but I will watch something else. 
The All man. Right. And what shout out to uh, Adam Kovnatsky for being on the show. But the honest take here is Saturday's Fox card from the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. It's it's bad. It's an all time level bad, even for Fox. Although they did have that Lara fight on that time, or that maybe that was FS One, Lara and Canelo's brother. Um, Kovnatsky takes on Hellenius. Twelve rounds is the WBA eliminator. Rafe Hellenius is bad now. He's just a he's just. I mean, he got stopped by Gerald Washington. Uh, you know, it, not a bad idea to shine up Kovnatsky. So you you know, if Wilder loses to Fury, you want to come back fight in Brooklyn. With the Kovnatsky fans there against Wilder, you know what I mean? That would make sense. But Kovnatsky's getting to the point, Rafe, where he's beat enough guys that he should be in position for a title shot. Will this get him one? Not necessarily. It doesn't get him much closer. Look, there's a lot there's there's a bottleneck at the top of heavyweight. So while Kovnatsky has a good case, there's a lot of guys who have a good case. I mean, Dillian White has a better case. Derek Chisora has a decent case. There's a lot like and I hope I hope those fights eventually happen. But first, we want to see the real, real super fights at heavyweight, and that would be you know the finish the round robin between AJ Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. All right, uh, co-main event is FA Ajagba putting his unbeaten record on the line against the washed up Razvan Kojanu. You care? Yeah, I mean, shoot, Ajagba's always been fun. He's more fun now that we've seen him dropped and looking vulnerable. Um, this is a lateral step, right? Not really a step down or step up from what is it, Bogdan Dinu on his last yeah. uh, like some this Romanian like guy. A homeless man's version of those HBO Night of the Heavyweights cards because there's a yeah. lot of heavyweights on here, but it ain't good. We got Frank J- Sanchez against Joey DeWedgeco, Rafe, and uh, Eddie Hearn said wow. on the show last week he doesn't believe the 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 rumors that AJ got knocked out in sparring by AJ. By Joey I don't. Kovacic. I don't believe that. Why do you believe this? No, who not. believes that? I believe he got knocked out in sparring. I believe it by by Joey Dewejko. Yes, yes, I believe it did exist, Rafe. Okay, I know what you're thinking, but ultimately, you know, we both know it did exist. Maybe in the hot tub. Okay? Well, you, you can say you don't know what I'm talking about, but, but I'm seriously I know, saying it, and you know it did exist. Rafe, fat fellas can fight. You you care about this or no? Um, I don't. Have, I don't really care about it. Frank Sanchez. Looks like he's 75 years old. The Wedgeco, nice to see him on TV. Like heavy, heavyweight fights are fun. They will be sloppy. It'll be good TV, Brian. Does it hey, matter a whole lot? No. Being a fat guy, what's wrong with that? Nothing. I mean, I... Nothing. Nothing, Freddie. Uh, Robert Alfonso will take on Carlos Negron in an eight-round heavyweight bout. Uh, okay. Is that that also uh, heavyweight? Yeah, that is. Uh, That's right. I remember when Carlos Negron he lost to. Uh, Boobs Brazil, right? Yes, yes. Rafe, also Saturday, Manchester, England. I had no idea this was happening. On DAZN. Here's where I'll give DAZN credit, Rafe. They very often load these cards up with undercard fights, usually from England, that we care about. This one in Frisco, which was an Eddie Hearn matchroom card, had a lot of those sort of undercard. Like, yeah, I care about Joe Parker and the fourth and most important fight. I care about Israel Madrimov. So check out this one. Scott Quigg against your bearded fool, Joan O'Carroll, in the main event, 12 rounds junior lightweight. Yeah, I care. Yeah, I care. I mean, I I hope. Look, you know me. For so, I just don't like John O'Carroll's beard. I'm I'm out on that. Right. I'm way out on right. it. So I I want Quig to walk from his home to the ring like he has in his famous ring walk, and uh, and put this man out of the division, out of contention. I want I want Quig to step up and become a player at 130. 
Zach Parker takes on Rohan Murdoch, super middleweights in the co-main. I don't care about that, but I'll try it. All right. It kind of wasn't Rohan Murdoch once considered a uh, a contender to Zerdo Ramirez's uh, uh, belt at 168. Having heard you on the uh, on the great uh, uh, podcast there, what's it called? Uh, uh, Kurt Emhoff, yes. boxing Esquire. Esquire. Yes. Uh, you go deep, Rafe. You're, I mean, you are, you are the boxing hardcore. You're definitely not a regular fan, but uh, I think Brian, look, I let me, let me just, I'll be real with everyone. I have a good, good memory for names and things so I can, I can skate by. Like I didn't watch Rohan Murdoch's fight on ESPN plus when he fought that guy on a Zerto undercard. I looked at the weigh in and he looked like he was fighting somebody who didn't belong in a ring, yeah. but I remember it happened, and I remember the name. He's from Australia. He's a top bloke. Uh, Huey Fury also on this card against Pavel Sauer, 10 rounds heavyweights. I'm I'm in. All right? Yeah. Look, I'm down with Huey. Anthony Fowler against Jack Flatley, 10 rounds junior middleweights. And my boy, Robbie Davis Jr. from my old school DAZN days. A hard, hard man. Yes, he's going to face a TBA. Uh, We have a fight against a TBA. Uh yeah all right that's about it what, also uh, TBA guy on Saturday in Irving Texas it's an integrated sports pay per view oh Kirkland who's buying this Sam Clarkson Jr versus Israel Dufus his name is Dufus eight rounds light heavyweights Evan Israel H- Dufus is an Instagram model oh well I guess yeah that's why it's he was he was in some like viral dance videos he lost to a, I, I looked him up on Boxrec once. Handsome man, handsome man. Well, uh, Evan Holyfield in the co-main four-round junior middleweight bout against Dylan Carlson. No one cares yet. Peral, Mexico on Saturday. Golden Boy Facebook card, Rafe. Oscar Duarte versus Andres Garcia. Ten rounds lightweights. No, 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 not that Yeah, great. not really, no. Uh, we got an Atlantic City card on, on Saturday. Derek Webster against Gabriel Pham. No TV in the main event. Uh, there is Cornflake Lamana not on the card, but there's a chance that his parents are promoting it, Rafe. That's, well, in that case, I care. All right. All right. Hey, that's it for the show this week. Uh, check out our extended State of Combat coverage of UFC 248 if you care. Follow Rafe Bugs' work on Twitter at TheAthletic.com. He is the best boxing writer. Right. In the game. No, it's true. Rafe, it's true. It did exist. All right. Don't try to be all weird and humble. You're a New York Times high selling author. I I don't believe in jinxing things like that. Like, even I I ain't, I I don't want to be party privy to that kind of talk. And folks, it's magnificent. Rafe's work is magnificent. All right. Thank you, Dwyer. Thank Thank you. you. At least Dwyer got the score right. Yes. Thank you, indeed. (laughs) Uh, That's it. Okay. That's it. Show's over. Rafe, send him out. Take him out, Rafe. We out.